is uh bottom fidelity i'm joshua vijo aka no queen aka that's it um and i think this is the 11th 11th episode of uh bottom fidelity yes 11th by my, my count which might I mean, it's only been 11, but I could have already messed it up. <laughs> I could have already gotten massively fucked up. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I just don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things, but I was gonna, I was gonna play a different song as the theme song. Um, but I decided not to because. Well, mainly I was going to do it because this is, this is a tech, this is a tech chock full podcast today. This is, I mean, we got a lot of tech stuff happening. Uh, a lot of stuff going down. Um, a lot of interesting things on the horizon. Uh, you know, a lot of crazy, uh, shenanigans going down. Um, you know, and just like what's happening with all kinds of stuff. Um, like one of the big, one of the big players, uh, and I've seen a lot of rumblings about this, a lot of snarky, snarky, uh, memes and the like about like this whole situation, but it's the Netflix situation. Um, like if you hadn't heard, they started increasing their prices and then they talked about, and there's been rumblings about like the password sharing shit uh going kaputs where they're not going to allow people to share their passwords and give it to other people and blah 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 uh and basically you're gonna try to lock that whole system down and all of this stuff kind of culminated i mean netflix had had a dip previously i forgot who mentioned somebody mentioned that they were like oh yeah i uh I'm going to uh, get in and uh, get in on Netflix because I think they have a bright future and stuff like that. And everybody was like, oh, okay, we'll see. Uh, and you'd think, cause I mean, they've, you know, kind of influenced so many different uh, things in the modern era when it comes to like how people consume content and whatnot. But uh, it's just crazy to kind of see them going down uh, almost, it seems like uh, to a pretty big degree. Cause they literally lost like, what the first time that they lost subscribers and it was like 200 and some odd million, which is a pretty, seems like a pretty decent chunk. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't have a Netflix account. Um, I think I use somebody else's, maybe my mom, I think I use my mom's or my girlfriend's, which she might use somebody else's who knows. I mean, the net, the, the net right now is so convoluted at this point. <laughs> of who owns what when it comes to those streaming streaming services uh that it's kind of ridiculous and it's just it's just a it's just a crazy situation uh that's the best that's the best thing that you can say it's just a crazy situation because um you know who would have thunk it i mean i remember way back when with netflix uh getting like the fucking dvds and getting the uh like in the mail and then Cause my mom had done that for a while where she had done like the Netflix and the mail stuff and getting like the movies in the mail. Uh, and then she, they like allowed you to like, there was a disc that you could get that you could put on the Wii, like the Nintendo Wii, uh, that you could then, that was like a stream. It was like a streaming app on a disc or it either like, it was either on the disc or it allowed you to download it onto the Wii, something like that. And now you had streaming on your Wii and you're like, what? <laughs> it's like this interesting situation. You know, I think because, you know, people have dealt with the internet and dealt with YouTube and kind of where 
and YouTube Napster, all of these different things on the web that have kind of taken content and taken the content creators and kind of and kind of shaken everything up and, you know, mess with the whole entire situation. Uh, and now we're on like the tail end of that where you have people like Netflix who made, you know, started getting into making their own content because, you know, they wanted to be like an HBO. They wanted to have a little bit of longevity. They wanted people to come to their service for something more than somebody else's stuff that they'd have to constantly keep making uh, deals with and deals for. But that's where this all falls apart, in my opinion, because usually, at least with some of these different, you know, companies, it's like, why, why wouldn't you just try to have it over under one house? Like if I was a lot of these different, you know, rights organizations and stuff, I'd be trying to get all of the content under one house so that all the people can come to that house. We divvy up the money that way instead of sending people to all these different services. Cause then you fracture people. And even though then you get your niche audiences, which your niche, I mean, audiences, which can be good and help you get and ascertain certain situations. It's just, you know, um, it's interesting to see how all this has happened. So Netflix, because of this situation, their stocks have been going down. Um, and basically they're gonna, they're gonna charge an extra fee for every sub account is what I've been hearing or what I've been reading. Um, and I know, <clears throat> It was like a couple years, not, I don't, it might not even be, it might even be more than a couple years, honestly, that I heard about them doing something like this in like Australia or some other area. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it's interesting. Oh, okay. So they tested the, they tested the feature in Peru, Costa Rica, Chile. Okay. So maybe it wasn't in, um, Australia. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like they would do anywhere from like $2 to like $5. Who knows what it's going to be per extra account each month. Uh, and the thing is, is like, it just seems like they're going to have a significant fall off of viewership. I mean, I can't tell you what show I, the only show I think I really watch on Netflix right now is Ozark. Uh, that's a Netflix show. Every other Netflix show I could care less about. They ruined uh, Arrested Development, so that kind of hurts me and they you know canceled things like mindhunter which i really liked and it's you know there's just a lot of bad taste in my mouth at this point when it comes to like netflix and netflix shows and stuff like that so i could care less i'm definitely you know i never was gonna buy the service because somebody around me always seemed to hi have it and i was debating about it for a second there but then i just kind of got to this point and i mean hell now i watch streamers more than anything else i don't really even watch a lot of uh tv or movies i mean i go to the movies every once in a while but i watch you know a lot of streamers because it's just more interesting content you know and it just being live and everything like that uh so it's definitely interesting seeing kind of because i saw a meme that had like the fang thing which is like facebook what you know it's all the different like major tech companies and at the end in that was netflix and then somebody was like oh it's erasing like the end is like disappearing and you're like well, yeah, I mean, you know, and Netflix has been around forever and like dominated a market, changed the whole entire industry completely, you know, went the other direction with shit, you know, and now is on the tail end of another correction and a similar in their own market. That is basically everybody having their own service, the main companies that own all their own content, basically just doing it themselves, which was kind of where this all was going to end up anyways. And the fact that Netflix maybe didn't try to prepare for the sooner. I don't know. It, I, again, like I was never a big fan of their content and they just, cause they keep kept fucking, you know, um, <clears throat> they kept, uh, just canceling shows and doing horrible show shows that I just, it just bummed me out. Um, but, um, beyond Netflix and what's kind of going to go crazy right now, um, there's a lot of ridiculous shit going down, you know, it seems like we got, uh, we got Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter, uh, and they're, and they're reconsidering the bid. Now, I get where he's coming from, I guess, trying to be some kind of, but I mean, this is the problem with all of these, like, guys with, like, a ridiculous amount of power that, like, gain control over something like a Twitter. It's like, 
you could sit there and say that you want to be the 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 behringer of like free speech or whatever but that's a hard road to go down it's a hard path to like go down you can't just like do it uh and so and and i think a lot of the time a lot of these people in these positions they don't even want to just be you know somebody that contains information or whatever they don't want to be like an unbiased they have their opinions and i imagine probably in those backed closed room doors though who knows i have no idea but we could you could imagine people making decisions based on what they believe and not based on being fair or unbiased uh and somebody like elon musk who is already you know kind of seen doing a lot of you know pulling a lot of shenanigans with his clout and everything else throughout the years i just wonder what this is going to do to twitter i mean i also thought twitter was kind of a major echo chamber a lot of people that are on twitter talk about twitter and because of that they talk about it as this like massive influence but i remember life not five years ago or more looking at like okay because i was starting to get into like uh, social media marketing and so i was like okay what social media should i focus on and i'd always you know heard about twitter 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 and i wasn't really on it like kind of but i just see you know fucking you know memes and shit clips you know like little pictures cut out from fucking like tweets and shit like that so i was like okay i basically knew the idea like whatever uh and so i was like looking into it and at the time i remember looking it up and it, like it was like 10th like total like uh like um user count i think if not lower and then it's only i think it's maybe stayed in that area or maybe it's gone up a little bit or gotten lower but it doesn't have like this astronomical amount of users on it like that the people on there think that it does compared to places like facebook youtube you know like those websites are like monsters you know they're like massive uh even Instagram, I think, is like three times more bigger than Twitter, which is crazy if you really think about the grand scheme of things. And I don't know if it was that big before it got before it got acquired by Facebook. So I don't know how you count those numbers or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. So it, and to me, it just seems like you don't want to have like, uh, you know, the problem with a lot of these companies and what they run into is you're just going to have one point of view being the arbiter of reason or truth or whatever it is or not maybe not even one point of view but we're gonna have a that that's the problem with these websites unless you just let them be forums if you just let them be forums that like semi self moderate and you don't allow like obscene content on there now again you also get into arguments about what is considered obscene of content and then there's certain people that seem to get you know favorable treatment in a lot of those circumstances and this has happened on like all kinds of you know pretty much every single social media website uh because and i and my only reason i have a problem with this is because elon musk is going into this with some kind of like utopian like i'm going to cha change twitter for the better well, what does that mean you're going to start policing speech because you know that's not one that's not going to work and two it's a because it's a folly it's like you're going to police speech and people are either going to stop using it or they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to find something some way around your checks and shit to say what they want to say so like what do you do then well my mind goes to like philosophers and like ancient like right you know like texts not like ancient texts but you know like old texts and things from our culture and things from history and like what people did which was like influence the culture like say something interesting like change people's minds like that's how you like you know bend the you know the populace's will in a good direction but everybody seems to think that you know you have to use these like or that the only way this is going to you know happen is through social media i just don't understand how you're going to do that without having some kind of like crazy ass authoritarian bent to the situation personally so i don't know i mean maybe he's just gonna like let twitter be twitter uh, but to me because i thought i remember seeing something about him saying that he was kind of going into it with like not utopian but like expectations of like changing it and making it better or something um which to me just seems kind of like a folly when it comes to that kind of situation um and then that on top of the what the eu's kind of been doing for a while which is um the uh landmark digital 
digital act that's happening, the Digital Markets Act that's happening in Europe right now. Uh, it concerns privacy laws. They've been kind of like floating around and like dealing with this for a while, or at least I've been hearing about some version of this for a while. I don't know how their politics works over there. So uh, literally speaking out my ass, but just, it seems kind of like an interesting, like very intense situation that's going down in in Europe when it comes to like these massive sweeping governmental, like, you know, regulations when it comes to the internet, because I do think that there needs to be a certain amount of this, but I think it can be like co-opted and kind of shaped in a fucked up way that doesn't really help the internet function better or anything. It doesn't protect people. Uh, if anything, maybe it protects corporations and that's also, it depends on the situation, but it's probably not a great thing either. But you know, it's like, it's just, there's a lot of fucked up shit that goes down in some of these things. Um, and there's certain things that I can understand certain people would argue about. Like what I know in this, uh, in this, uh, uh, EU, like in this digital act that they're trying to get through in the digital markets act, supposedly it's going to require Google, Apple, Facebook to kind of like uh, reveal a lot of the inner workings when it comes to their algorithms and things like that, that they expose people to in order to allow people to have access to that information on an open source basis. I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting conversation to have because on one end, I do think it's cool that there is open um, source software where everybody can kind of see what's going on. <clears throat> participate in it, which is also another cool aspect of it. But, you know, I guess you could also argue that these companies have rights to their equipment, you know, the things that they came up with. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of these uh, different companies are trying to challenge what the Europeans are. I mean, Facebook's been fighting with them or if you whatever you want to call them now at this point, meta Facebook, whatever has been fighting with them for a while about, all different kinds of things from, you know, a lot of their regulations being like, you need to have, uh, your stuff needs to be here in Europe. You can't just have your, you can't just have information about our people somewhere else. You have to ha store that information in Europe, which causes a lot of, I am imagining how they have it all set up there. It causes a lot of, uh, you know, um, structural kind of mishap trying to change that around to fit that kind of thing if they even wanted to go about that so they fight it naturally because they're like fuck that shit you know um it is definitely a uh, a hard thing to kind of go towards you know and kind of hard thing to deal with uh and it'll be a transitionary period but we'll, we'll have to see what the governments do because i'm also not necessarily always convinced that some of the uh, efforts that the government tries to do will help. The one thing I mainly care about uh, is uh, stopping uh, her like massive amounts of harassment online. But the problem with that is that it's hard to really gauge what that means. And so I, I can understand kind of like really hash hashing that out. But like another one of the big things that I think that we just need to like focus on is just like giving everybody internet. Like everybody should have easy access to internet no matter what. Like it shouldn't cost any money. Everybody should have access to it done. Like that should be just a thing. Like at this point with how our society is, where it's going, technological advancements, everybody should have access to the internet no matter what. Like it and there shouldn't be these like uh ways around it. Like, oh well there are public access centers, blah blah blah. No, no, no. Like every single person should be able to access the internet, should be able to get like quality, fast internet. Uh, we should be putting like better infrastructure into our ground when it comes to that or just somewhere coming up with better technology to get that going. Uh, just because I think, you know, we're finding that we're behind a lot of countries that, you know, have kind of taken the ball and ran with this in the last couple of decades. Uh, you know, some of them are allies like Japan, but, you know, a lot of other, you know, countries that have really taken the ball and run with technological advancements and stuff like that. And so I think you, we can't at, at this point anymore just kind of like, uh, like lie back. We kind of have to start pushing for these kinds of things that would ensure people get a fair amount of, uh, you know, stuff in a situation.
Uh, well, and just also just access to the internet because I think, you know, society is changing so rapidly right now that I think you almost do somebody a detriment to not give them access to the internet to some degree. So, but yeah, the Digital Service Act is crazy. Um, some of the stuff that it's going to require the companies to do uh, and possibly how it's going to come back on these companies means how it's going to come back on people that are like content creators and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out because a lot of the problem with some of these laws that they try to do and convince everybody are good laws is they ultimately sometimes do great things and sometimes actually don't really understand the problem and don't really ascertain the situation and don't really ultimately help kind of like cause more chaos and kind of disrupt how the internet works as it is which in the grand scheme of things i don't really think it's bad i think we ultimately need to teach better people better habits about the internet because the fact that people are getting so hooked and so attached to social media i think is bad but I also think that that's like a personal, you know, it's just like everybody smoking cigarettes. Like we got everybody away from that because we culturally accepted that this thing wasn't like the best for you in these massive doses. But also social media is good, like the amount of information, the amount and the ability to like organize and get everybody together and get everybody knowing about something and information spreading. And, you know, just the amount of power that's behind it is something that we shouldn't just throw away. But at the same time, you know, it's fucking crazy. It's it's too much sometimes. Uh, very invasive. Almost probably what is going to start happening once like massive, ridiculous AIs get out there if they haven't already gotten out there and they're just being like stealth on the system. Although I just don't think that that would happen. Somebody would notice it. I feel like the, the how much is going on right now, somebody would notice it. Um, so... But we're going to slightly, slightly twist in the digital realm. We're going to talk about SSD prices. I don't know if anybody's looked at that SSDs um, or any kind of storage capacity situations going on right now. It is ridiculous. There's so much shit. It seems like it's ridiculously cheap. I feel like I don't see anybody talking about it. I'm regularly seeing like Gen 4 uh, NVMe drives going for like that are two terabytes, mind you right going for like 200 bucks 150 seeing some terabytes you know some drives that are one terabyte going for like you know 150 like i mean right here you have a one terabyte gen 3 which gen 3 whatever but it's going for 100 bucks 92 dollars like it's crazy some of the stuff that's happening now with that stuff uh i because i i wasn't even gonna get a gen 4 any uh gen 4 ssd or anything i wasn't really kind of buying into the hype of uh you needing that uh, we'll see uh, supposedly because of the nvidia leak and kingdom hearts 4 being announced which we talked about in the last episode um one of the games that will eventually come out to the pc will be the new ratchet and clank game what that will mean is that we will have because that game is supposedly a game that you cannot play on an external hard drive on the playstation 5 and the reason because of that is because it needs the fast access to the storage that that storage inside the playstation allows it um and as far as i know so that if that game is going to be coming out on the pc at some time we can test that and see if that is actually a thing or if that is just a thing in the playstation 5 which will be a big revelation i think because i think that'll prove to a lot of people that i don't think this data access stuff is i think it is cool technology that could be the future but is it actually here now and are people actually using it but we'll see with that game we'll see we'll see if they'll require people like and maybe we're already there data speed wise. So maybe they're already like, oh, okay, you're going to need an NVMe SSD to play this game. Like, okay, you're going to need even like a SATA SSD to play this game. You can't play it on HDD or an, or an H hard, you know, hard drive. You can't play it on a hard drive, you know, which would be interesting. Because uh, I don't think, I has any game ever kind of like required SSD specifically? I don't know if that's a thing or not. I haven't really looked it up, but, you know, it's interesting where a lot of that stuff's going. Uh, and just like price wise, it's kind of been blowing my mind recently. Um, so that's like another, you know, that's the thing of the digital world. We'll see what's happening with um, the 40 series cards because the 40 series cards are going to come up. Been hearing rumors that they're going to be coming out in September. Uh, 
least a little bit later this year. Uh, there's a lot of crazy rumors going around about these cards, though. You know, that the cards are going to be super power hungry, require 500 watts. I've been also hearing rumors. And see, this is the thing with the rumors about these other ones that I'm going to talk about sound to me more credible just because it seems like there's more kind of like logic behind it. But I don't know because I don't know technology or anything like that. But I was reading somewhere that somebody mentioned, um, reading somewhere that somebody <laughs> mentioned, uh, I think it was on a Reddit post. It might have been a comment. Um, somebody mentioned that uh, TSMC 5 nanometer, which I think is technically... It's, I don't remember what other nanometer it is, but it's five nanometer is going to be what they're going to use to make the, uh, 40 series cards. Uh, and the idea with that is that that means that those cars, yeah, the, the N5 node, the five nanometer, which, oh, okay. So might be, or it's the 5N node, basically, um, which is a new TS, TSM or TSMC thing that, and supposedly NVIDIA is going to go with, they're not going to go with uh, Samsung this time. And so the idea is that because they're not going with Samsung this time, even though everybody's scared about power consumption, it's not that there's actually going to be that much power consumption. Power consumption is ultimately maybe going to be around like 400 watts max, but we don't have cards. We have cards that are now getting up to that point with like the 3090 Ti. And I mean, there's cards that had spikes of 400 watts. We were starting to see that behavior, but a lot of people think that that is attributed to the fact that it was Samsung net, you know, eight nanometer, you know, stuff that they were having a hard time getting good yields on, on top of COVID and everything else that was happening at the time. So, um, the idea is that maybe the 40 series ends up being more efficient than people think it will be. Um, that it won't actually end up being as power hungry as people think. Now, of course, who knows, right? It might end up, you know, you know, ripping the power out of your wall or whatever, requiring two of those 12 pin connectors, which would be like what six VGAs, I think. Cause I think it's three VGAs to one of those 12 pins, I think, or it's at least two VGAs to one of those 12 pins. Uh, so that would require four VGAs, which is still pretty fucking hefty in the grand scheme of things. Um, so. You know, I mean, we'll see. Supposedly, there's going to be as much of a 70, 76% increase over the 3090 when it comes to the 40 series version of that card. Though, again, this is all like speculative stuff. This is some of the crazy rumors that we've been getting from different people on Twitter. And, you know, after I talked all that shit about Twitter, <laughs> we've been getting from people on Twitter um, that people have been talking about online, you know, uh, some of the increases uh, overall you know, two times, two and a half times uh, increase over the current GPU scores that you're getting when you're, you know, doing a lot of these benchmarks. So, you know, the thing, but that's the thing that a lot of people are scared about is that this generation might be more power hungry, that it might be kind of like harder to kind of like maintain and keep in a bubble and keep kind of like, you know, uh, together, which I do agree with. Because um, I don't want to be I mean, I got a an 850 watt power supply thinking that that was going to last me a little while and it seems like if i'm going to upgrade to any of the newer generation gpus after the 30 series i'm going to need a bigger power supply um and so that's kind of why i've been looking at 30 series cards recently and to spin the topic off of that that's why i've been kind of looking at some of the crazy deals that have been going down uh right now such as you know like aviga basically taking what was once a thirteen thousand or thirteen hundred dollar uh, graphics card and discounting it to a grand, which is still a lot for just what is basically still a thirty eighty, which is two more gigs. But it's crazy to see something go down by like three hundred dollars. <laughs> That's like a ridiculous amount, especially in this in this market. Uh, yeah, regularly seeing like Asus Tufts that are thirty eighties go on sale for like 850 bucks, like near where you'd think probably that AIB would cost normally um, in the normal market. So it seems like everything's settling down. I'm kind of holding out. We'll see. I also kind of want to hold out to see if uh, when NVIDIA actually officially announces the 40 series, how that will affect prices and if that will kind of like judge or change anything, if that'll kind of like, you know, wiggle anything around. Um, because that's, you know, it's just something that kind of interests me um, with this whole entire situation. 
uh, it's kind of like a crazy, it's a crazy thing that's happening right now. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of movement. I mean, people have talked about, you know, the government regulation of the internet and a lot of that stuff going down. We've had, you know, tariffs and stuff, which are things that people were using beforehand, re you know, reasonably for all kinds of different purposes. But, um, you know, us going through that, it hitting different, you know, you know, product sectors, increasing prices significantly on top of COVID. We're starting to see the supply problems kind of heal in certain ways, kind of not in other ways. You know, I've gone to the store and the stores have been empty certain weeks, certain things just cleared out. It just depends, you know. Um, so it's interesting to see kind of everything heal slowly uh, from COVID to a certain degree and kind of slowly, you know, come back to normal. Um, but it's also interesting to see kind of like all of these big players starting to move uh, interesting stuff. I know NVIDIA lost. I think the FEC went after them for that one, that acquisition, because I think they were going to get, they were going to buy ARM, uh, I think, or... And so that was like a whole thing uh, and a lot of the big movements there. Cause I know I, you know, my people, people have been trying to go after Microsoft for years and they did, you know, back in the nineties for all that stuff to kind of, you know, because the monopoly, the, the monopolistic kind of tendencies of a lot of these companies to kind of like, you know, do and, you know, kind of push interesting agendas that you're like, well, you know, I don't know if we should go, you know, go this direction, but I don't know. Uh, and then speaking of like crazy company drama and like possibly what spells for, you know, uh, like the presidential election, possibly even, which I don't even like talk about politics that much, even though that I'm even though I'm like pretty like heavily into like I'm not like doing anything in politics, but I like try to follow it. Not like heavily, but, you know, just watch a lot of stuff on it. Um, I don't know if anybody's been hearing about all of the Disney uh, the stuff that's been happening with Disney and Ron DeSantis and, you know, companies taking sides on certain, uh, um, whatever you want to call it, you know, for instance, in this situation with this bill, the don't say gay bill, like take the company taking side on it, then the government going after that company for their tax haven. And then it coming out that like, it, if they take that away from Disney, that the taxpayers in Florida will be out $1.1 billion to the infrastructure of Disney World <laughs> because they have to support like the sewers and the pseudo police and the, all of the crazy shit that Disney set up there because it's a pseudo municipality. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like this situation is gotten ridiculous. I mean, imagine, I mean, a lot of people talk about, I mean, that's where Disney makes all of their money is the theme park. You know, that's the place that you would go after them is the theme park, uh, which I would never think about theme parks and the cruises, which of course they've been, you know, probably hurting in the last couple of years because of, COVID. So, I mean, it's crazy to see these big moves. I know Ron DeSantis is trying to make moves because he's trying to get a lot of things under his belt before he, I feel like he's going to try to go for it. I feel like he's even, he even might try to go for it against Trump. We'll see. That's the only, that's the only trick is one, if Trump does run again for president and two, if, if Trump does one, Will everybody get out of his way or will somebody like a Ron DeSantis or whoever else come in and be like, fuck you? No, I'm going after you on the Republican side. Um, because last time it seemed like everybody just got out of the way. So, you know, it's just interesting. And you wonder, will and do you think any of this stuff will like bring the company of Disney down? It always makes me wonder about these big companies because I have a lot of, you know, you could say like creative, uh, you know, a lot of memories of a lot of the creative pursuits and entities and things that these companies own um, that I care, you know, pretty dearly for uh, some that I've collected, uh, but, you know, still needing to collect. And it makes me wonder if like, okay, maybe I need to like hunker down and really start collecting, really start getting a lot of my favorite stuff. So that just in case these big companies due to crazy drama like this and politics that, you know, you never foresee start going down, you lose access to XYZ, and then you never be able to get it again, never be able to watch it again, listen to it again, whatever it ends up being, you know. Um, I don't know, maybe my message is and has always been in a lot of these circumstances that like crazy stuff kind of goes down. Um, random things change. 
things kind of fluctuate in ways that you could never understand and maybe sometimes predict, maybe not sometimes predict. And so that's kind of like the thing. So you always just have to be prepared and like, you know, try to catalog. I've been trying to catalog stuff, like keep stuff, keep track of stuff. Don't forget stuff, carry things on, teach, you know, show them to the next generations and stuff. Uh, that part, I guess I haven't really been doing any of, but whatever. Um, uh, whatever. I'll be, I'll be like that one lady that has the fucking VHSs and shit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, in speaking of, and I don't know why this occurred to me, but it did occur to me. And I hadn't looked it up. How do you get a waterbed? Where are waterbeds? What's water? Like, I haven't seen a waterbed, been, been by a waterbed, like heard of somebody having any kind of bed with water in it for like how how long a long time like right i don't <laughs> i've literally i was sitting here like i haven't heard of a waterbed anything to do with waterbeds anything for a while um and it makes you wonder about well okay so was this a whole straight fad that lasted a couple decades because i do i remember somebody i think my dad somebody I knew had a waterbed because I've slept on one, been on one. They're all right. They kind of remind me of like air mattresses in like the, you don't feel stable on it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're like, you know, constantly kind of like you can't quite get into a position because you're always like, there's always like some kind of like movement, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, what the fuck happened to all the waterbeds? Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I haven't looked. I haven't been like, okay, waterbeds. I mean, I guess we could look. Let's see. Let's see. Waterbeds. Okay, so there are companies that still sell waterbeds. Um, I don't know. Have they... Do people... St <laughs> the first... Click, do people still sleep on waterbeds? Oh, purple.com, making waterbeds. Is that what this is? Oh, it's like the evolution and innovation of waterbeds. Okay, well, hard side waterbeds, a classier look. Okay, so this has become a whole, <laughs> like, a, like a whole fucking deep dive. Well, I'll deep dive and then I'll come back to you on the waterbeds because it seems to be a whole industry thriving and innovating and changing and i could possibly pick up one at mattress firm <laughs> you know what i mean okay so i just wanted to bring that up because i just been thinking about that i just been thinking about that and i didn't know you know thinking about those two things under the random category now originally this wasn't going to be on the podcast this is why the podcast ended up getting moved to today monday sorry for that but i wanted to include it just because I was going to see it anyways, I finally saw the third, I guess, and final, I don't know, the third Fantastic Beasts movie, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, and I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I really, I think the order of the movies in my favorite goes one, three, two. Hated the second movie. Not hated, just really didn't like it compared to the first movie. Uh, really didn't like it compared to the first Fantastic Beasts. First Fantastic Beasts was great. I think the first Fantastic Beasts was great because it had a lot of Fantastic Beasts, which I think weirdly is what the second and third movie are missing. Though they do have a lot of them. And the way that they kind of basically worked it into the overall high end drama of the story in this third in this third movie they worked a beast into the drama <laughs> so i guess it's fine but like i really didn't care about dumbledore i know everybody likes dumbledore i love jude law okay perfect i love him in a sense, as Dumbledore, but all of the stuff in this movie, and it's not even because, like, everybody's like, oh, you just don't like it because he's gay. No. I'm all for, like, this is the thing. I would have rather had a movie that was exclusively about Dumbledore. 
and his family and a deep dive on him and his family and his sexuality. And you could have him be in multiple relationships in that movie, one relationships in that movie. We can bring Grindelwald into that movie, whatever. The, I, I don't care. Like that would have been, in my opinion, more interesting than now taking bits and pieces of that story and fusing it together with a story about Newt and his suitcase of creatures when I much rather would have just had a story about Newton and his suitcase of creatures. Like, I give a fuck about Dumbledore and all this other shit that's happening. Give me Newt and his suitcase of creatures. That's all I want. Like, I want to see the platypus steal more shit from the bank. Like, the little little platypus creature with the infinite pocket. I want to see the stick guy break into more shit. Like, what? what, what, what I, I don't care about all this Dumbledore stuff. And I'm glad that they kind of, in some ways, went away from the bloodline direction they seemed like they were going in in the second movie because that felt a little weird uh though i mean that is a part of the bad guys in the harry potter universe i guess so you know it's gonna be a thing that's there but i don't know like you know it also felt like this movie wanted to be like harry harry potter harry potter harry potter Harry Potter. It felt like this movie wanted to be Harry Potter goes international. <laughs> it's really what it felt like. It felt like we're going to have them go everywhere. It's almost like a James Bond movie uh, and do all the, but, but, and I understand that because I guess the bad guy had the creature's blood that could see the future, or whatever spoilers, I guess. Um, <laughs> this whole section should be spoilers, I guess. Um, they, the whole entire conceit is that they had to do complicated, like backwards stuff to confuse the bad guy. But like, my problem with that was this, like there was a couple times where they like convoluted stuff and did stuff complicated, right? To like confuse the bad guy, because if they confuse fate, then fate won't know what's going to happen. And then even though the guy saw the future, he won't be necessarily sure what the fuck's going to go down. My problem with that is then they decided to do that with all these characters, right? They did that with all these characters, right? Um, but then they put all these characters that are supposed to be going in all these different directions, they would like teleport them all to the same area. Right. And then they would all go the, their own direction. And you're like, you guys are wizards, bro. Like you could teleport across the planet and then definitely make sure the guy's not going to find it for a while. And then he'd have to go all the way across the planet to five different fucking areas to find it. And I get it. I get it. It's a movie. I get it. I get it. But sometimes this stuff just really gets at me. And it gets at me also because it's J.K. Rowling. She usually doesn't write things like this. So this felt very much like a movie, which makes me wonder if the guy, if there was another person or a producer or something else that was involved in the movie process was helping her write this more than it being a Harry Potter thing because it felt more like a movie because it started getting ridiculous. And again, spoilers again, but it started getting ridiculous when Grindelwald was fucking now running for magic president halfway through the movie. You were like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? Are we trying to make like a Trump analog thing with this fucking wizard? Like, why, 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 why did we have to do that? Like, again, fuck Trump, not a fan of Trump, hate the fucking guy. They, you know, worst fucking, one of the worst fucking presidents right up there next to fucking George W. Bush, you know, right? But like, do we need an analog for that in like fucking Harry Potter? Like, out of the blue too, kind of like this man literally goes from fugitive to uh running for magical president to fugitive again like the end of the movie he's running away and like so that's where i think some of the writing in this movie some of it was guffed up or shit was scooted around maybe because of all the fucking Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp drama, you know, they had other plans maybe that fell through. I don't know. You know, maybe they had to make it work. Who knows? Um, but it would just felt very convoluted as a movie. I felt like that watching it all like everybody was doing all this stuff and going to all these different places for what, re like why did Newt's older brother, whatever the fuck his name theseus or was his name theseus i don't know his older brother why did his older brother go to german wizard jail with the crab 
monsters like and again that had probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie which is newt doing cute fucking crazy shit with the fucking cute crab monsters with the fucking dance thing like best part of the movie right why didn't we have more of that like i i wanted more of that like i feel like i could go through all three of these movies cut out all the dumbledore shit cut out all the credence shit cut out all the other stuff and make it all just about his creatures and him being in, in New York and he's not supposed to have these creatures and he's trying to let his creatures out. Just make the story about that. Fuck Grindelwald. Fuck all that other shit. And I can make a 10 times better movie. Uh, and it might only, only end up being just one movie. It might be two, maybe. But like, that's the thing that bothered me about it. Uh, the first movie is still my favorite and I still love it. And that is the one thing I will say about all three of these movies is they did keep the magical quotient up. So it did feel very magical. It did feel like you were a part of kind of like a magical world like you did in the first three movies. So I do appreciate that a lot. Um, but man, like, did I really like, <laughs> did I just, uh, one, I kind of didn't expect a lot of what happened in this final movie, which I don't know if is a good or a bad thing, but then, you know, like a part of me felt like a lot of the stuff that was happening with Newt and everything was, it was a backseat to all of this weird drama with Dumbledore and Dumbledore was just coming in and out of the movie willy fucking nilly like he always goddamn does, I guess, in the story. And so that's where, you know, he kind of became like a, like a, like a date, like a, is it a deus ex machina or whatever the hell the thing is, you know, like the, he, he became shock F's gun or whatever the hell, you know, the thing that you obviously know is going to be there to solve the problem later, but you, you know, once it's you get later, then solves problem. Like it's stupid. Like it, that's the thing about it. And it's not even, Oh, I could call it early because again, the plot was kind of oddly convoluted for no, no apparent reason. Uh, add, in, in, added and introduced a lot of elements that we, I, I, I don't know. I just thought you, they could have cleaned a lot of this up. The movie felt long too. Uh, that's the other problem. It's a problem I've been having with a lot of modern movies. A lot of modern blockbusters also, for some reason, as they're long. A lot of lulls in this movie. A lot of not fighting, a lot of talking, you know, very surprised, very surprised by a lot of that. Um, but you know, it's kind of it is what it is thing. So, on the movie front, I didn't see... Uh, I mean, we didn't have a lot of... We didn't have a lot of previews in front of this movie as compared to Batman. I haven't rewatched Batman since it came out on HBO Max. I'm probably going to rewatch it again and report back, see how I feel. But I have a feeling I'm not going to probably change my opinion too much on it just because... I do think it's kind of a long movie. Um, but beyond that, didn't see any good trailers in front of this movie that we just recently saw the Fantastic Beast, but did see a good trailer on the internet that got released uh, for Thor Love and Thunder. Now, probably one of my favorite movies from the MCU when I was kind of getting out of the MCU, which is towards the end. And the only things that kind of pulled me back were the Spider-Man movies and the... Uh, the uh thor movies but the third thor movie not the second not the first or the second movies the first and the second movies actually next to like captain america some of my least favorite mcu movies in the grand scheme and so that's why the third thor movie i forgot what the fuck it's called whatever the hell it's called with hulk everything you know him being in that galactic uh arena and everything that thor movie amazing love that movie love the direction that they were taking it with that shit. Let me. Um, let me. Let me see. Let me see here. Um, Ragnarok was what it was. Right? Yes. Thor Ragnarok was a really good movie. Okay. And I like the direction that it was going in. And I like kind of the direction they eventually took him and his character in Endgame and all that stuff. Where they've kind of been, what they've been doing with Thor and Chris Hemsworth and all that stuff has been great. And when I watched the trailer for Love and Thunder, I, their whole concept of him, like, now I'm going to be a peaceful god is, is 
on one end funny, but then on another end, actually very like false philosophical and very interesting and like a very cool twist on the character. And I think they could do a lot with it. It gives me vibes of like the original Doctor Strange and what I hope the new one's going to be like. And I hope it ushers in this era. I hope what we're out of, and this is what I kind of also want to talk about, is I hope we're out of the origin story era of the superhero movies. I hope now we can start telling the interesting superhero stories. And the interesting superhero stories are sometimes hard or different ridiculous like crazy stories right but i hope we can start kind of getting into those storylines because not that i don't love another origin story or introducing more characters or finally that we have access to blah blah blah, blah. and i know i know they're going to have to do another like fantastic four movie to like bring them into the nc mcu officially or however the fuck they're going to do that same thing with x-men i get it but like i hope that this means that we are finally kind of uh away from the modern era in a, in a sense. Um, and I hope that we're kind of, or not modern era, but I hope we're kind of like out of the, uh, the uh, origin story superhero narrative. And, you know, that, that we can kind of like usher in a new thing and kind of go a new direction. And so, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of interesting directions they can go with some of the new superheroes and new stuff that they're doing. And so I really kind of hope that they uh, kind of flesh out and kind of call back to some of those interesting storylines. Um, you know, and kind of like do that, kind of change the whole entire game on that front. Um, but no... Uh, no, uh, slept on today. This is just me coming back, still trying to get my feet under me, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was my review of Fantastic Beasts, I guess. That was also me talking about Thor, Thor Love and Thunder. Love the direction that they're going. They'll be able to go more philosophical. It'll open the doors. I hope we're out of the era. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, anyways, you know, I'm, we're just, I'm just chilling here. We're just doing it. My name's Joshua V. Hill. I go by No Queen. This is Bottom Fidelity Podcast. And I hope you have a good week. I hope you have, I hope you have a good week. You have good people, just, you know, we're chilling, chilling like villains or, or whatever, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know.